So, um, you have in your worship guide, you have the passage. We are in Ephesians chapter 4 today. You can also turn there in your own Bibles or on your phones. There's sermon notes there if you'd like to fill in these notes. Um, again, this is Jerry's sermon. So he wrote it this week, gave it to me last night, and Jerry loves to have colors. It's like color-coded in his sermons. I don't know what any of that means. I'm like, without a key, I've never figured out. So I made it all black text again because that works for me. Um, but just know this is like 85, 95% Jerry's words, but I'm going to try to give them to you anyway, and it's okay because it's not about me. It's about God, and it's his word, and it'll be great. Um, it's also going to be shorter today since we have devoted so much time to prayer. It'll be a shorter sermon than normal, which is perfectly fine by me. Um, so here in, a couple, in just a minute, Mike's going to read our passage to us. Um, but just know we are in the middle of a series. It's a r- around the table. So we have a table on our logo. It's a way for us to explain what it means to be a Christ follower and to explain what discipleship looks like. So we're on the third leg, if you will, of that table and talking about service. And this is the third week of service. The third and final week. Next week, we will begin multiplication and do that for three weeks. And that'll take us up to Advent. Um, so this is just an overview of stuff. We're not going into depth in any of these things because we think it's going to be a tool we can develop and use in discipleship later on. So um, you should have this somewhere, um, potentially in your guide, or if not, you can look here. It's small text if you're in the back of the room. I'm sorry, you're just going to have to trust me. Um, but we have a table. Always on top of the table is the gospel. Without the gospel, nothing else makes sense. Without the gospel, any part of these legs is just us in our own flesh trying to do these things. So we think you must have the gospel first and foremost. And it's out of understanding the gospel and what Christ has done that we can begin to understand what it means to be a Christ follower. So we began in talking about gospel-centered worship and what that looks like, and then gospel-centered community, what that looks like both here within the corporate body of Christ and also within like community groups and discipleship throughout the week. And then this, again, this is the last week of the service component, which we've been talking about, and then we'll begin multiplication. So it's just a table to help us to understand the gospel, to help us understand what Jesus' fellowship can and should look like. Now, in terms of today, even though you can't see this, again, we have three components under each leg. So today, where we're looking at service, um, we're looking at service within the church. I think there may be a blank for you. In those notes, if you want to put that in, last week we're looking at service within our larger community around us, um, and then now we're looking at within ourselves, within the church. So we've given you a definition of what we believe gospel-centered service looks like. It's really wordy. I think Jerry wrote it. He loves words. Um, But let me read it to you. So gospel-centered service, knowing that Jesus Christ did not come to be served but to serve, Gospel-centered service overflows out of each of us by understanding God's unique work and giving all believers spiritual gifts in order for us to bless our communities, which was last week, and serve the body of Christ, which we're discussing today. So a couple of weeks ago, whenever we jumped into service and what it looks like, um, I began in explaining to us that we can't understand service without looking at Jesus, right? And so we can't really serve others without him first coming and serving us. And so he came not to be served, but to serve. And he was the suffering servant. So this understanding, this theology of what service is, comes from Jesus Christ himself. And we have to get that and grasp that before we can understand, well, how do I go about serving? And then last week, we looked at Isaiah 58, in which uh, God reveals his heart for the broken and those in bondage, those that are hurting, those that are in need of food and shelter, and so on and so forth. 
and the fact that our faith can't be just um, a bunch of religious deeds or even just a bunch of words, but it must be actual actions that people can see. The point is that our Christian service must extend outside of just these four walls, right? It needs to go out into the world around us, starting with our families and then our neighbors and neighborhood, the community of Elizabethan and the surrounding area, our nation, and then, of course, eventually the world, right? Service must go past this. If it's only here within these walls, then we're not doing a whole lot of good. So the world needs and the community needs a church, a group of people that are Jesus followers that are living out the lives God has called them to. So we ought, Jerry also explained last week, if we see a need and we decide not to step into that need, that is a sin of omission, right? You're not doing something you're called to do. Um, just as like the opposite, of course, is if we do something we're not supposed to do, that's a sin of commission, right? So that's the two different sins that Jerry spoke on last week. So today, though, we're jumping into Ephesians 4. We're only here briefly. We're going to preach on Ephesians 4 later, so we'll come back into greater detail with it. Um, but we're looking at how Jesus equips his church, and that includes you and me, into serving within the church itself, which includes Sunday mornings, that includes community groups, and that sort of thing. And so if you look at Ephesians, there's the basic theme of sitting, walking, or standing and walking. You sit in the finished work of Jesus Christ. You walk in him and his gospel truths. And you stand firm against the onslaught of the enemy. And so in chapter 4, where we are beginning today, Paul reminds us that we are all one body. And as such, we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called, worthy of the gospel, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And that's where we begin today. So Mike is going to read our passage for us. Again, it is in your worship guide. You probably can't see it up here, but that's okay. Mike, if you don't mind... Go ahead and read it for us. All right. I can't speak for Jerry's notes or Sam's sermon, but these words are perfect here. <laughs> um, Ephesians 4, uh, verse 4 through 16, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift, Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects in him who is the head even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Thank you, Mike. So this is a great passage. Ephesians is one of my favorite books, and I can't wait until we can come back to it um, later on. But within this passage, you see a lot of one language, right? One, 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 one. And so it's speaking of the unity of the body. But then also, it spreads into this idea of each, or individuals. 
to where verses 7 and 8, as he gives gifts to believers. So this is what's happening and going on if you look back at Acts chapter 2. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago at Pentecost, where you have the Holy Spirit descend upon the apostles and disciples, right? And you see the, the cloven tongues of fire land on them. So when they are given the Holy Spirit, they're also given gifts of the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts. So this is Jesus gifting his believers um, spiritual gifts, which we'll jump more into next week as we kind of continue on. So this idea of spiritual gift, here's a definition from C. Peter Wagner. He says, a spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ according to God's grace for use within the context of the body. So we hope in the future to come back more to spiritual giftings. It's something that Jerry and I spent a lot of time talking and praying about. Of, okay, how do we help our people to both, one, understand what their gift is, but two, how to use it for the good of the body? So we'll come back to that more later. But you, what you need to understand more than anything else is that if you are a believer, a follower in Christ, and you've received the Holy Spirit, you have been given a spiritual gift so that you can use it to help build the body up in love. And we'll talk about that more today. But what you need to also understand is that there is a difference between just your own personality or natural abilities that you're given and a spiritual gift that you're given upon faith in Jesus Christ. So take me, for example, I was born with this amazing beard, good looks, and charming personality, right? I mean, I just naturally was there. No, not really. But seriously, I was actually more of a shy kid growing up. I did not love getting in front of people talking, so I was just kind of that kind of person. I was more of like a natural servant, behind-the-scenes kind of person. That's who I was growing up, and I was never very confident. But over time, through the Holy Spirit, I've learned that God's gifted me with the ability to take God's Word and to give it away through teaching in ways that I hope people can understand. Um, and then also he's gifted me in terms of shepherding and loving and caring for God's flock and, and helping them to understand and equip them, right? So I believe that that is, comes from the Holy Spirit, a way that I am gifted. And so my goal or desire, what I should do, is to take those giftings and to help the body, right? Serve the body and build it up. So you need to understand that your personality or natural giftings you may have had growing up is not necessarily the same as your spiritual giftings, right? Which takes us into truth number one, if you are a note taker. Everyone is born with specific personality and with natural abilities that may or may not always be discovered or used, but spiritual gifts are given to believers only upon their faith in Christ. So, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift in verse 7. So this is something that you get upon faith in Jesus Christ. As you're given the Holy Spirit, you're given a spiritual gift. And over time, the Lord should be able to reveal that to you. The people come around you. The church helps you to understand how you are gifted spiritually and how to use those for God's body and for his work outside of even these walls. So look back at verse 11. There's a short list. I've also got it here of a few equipping gifts. Okay, There are apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. So these are known as equipping gifts. So what is the primary purpose of these particular gifts? We'll look back at verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So that's the purpose, which takes us to truth number two. Pastors are to use their gifts, number one, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, that way, all of us, as the body of Christ, are serving. And two, for building up the body of Christ unto unity. Until unity that is mature and grown up. 
So if you were to go back, if you missed last week's sermon, or even if you've um, kind of forgotten some of it since last week, you can go back and check it on Facebook. But Jerry, I mean, in his intro last week, talked about just the diversity that is the body of Redstone Church, right? We have believers that have been believers for a long time, have spent time overseas as missionaries, and then we have believers that are newer to the faith, right? So you have a large range of maturity and faith in Christ. Well, we should all be growing, right? We don't want to just stay there and leave it at that. We should all be growing. All of us should work together to grow in maturity and to grow. And so Sunday morning is a part of that, right, that happens. That equipping should occur partially on a Sunday morning when you're given the word of God. This is one of the primary roles of a pastor, to equip the body of believers for the work of the ministry, in part through the word of God that is preached on a weekly basis and in part through pastors and shepherds helping others to understand those gifts and how to use them for God's kingdom. So again, this is something Jerry and I talk about all the time. We'll continue to talk about and try to figure out how do we help our people to be able to do this? Because it's important, right? And it's important that we're all using our, body, our, our gifts for the body to be built up in love. So this list in Ephesians, it's a list of equipping gifts, but there's also other gifts as well. And there's more than what's here. They're all throughout the, the New Testament. There's lots of different gifts, but just from this passage alone, you have several. Prophecy, service, teaching, exhorting, giving, leadership, shepherding, evangelism, helps, apostleship, miracles. There's a lot that's there, right? It's listed here in this passage alone, and there's more outside of this. So the truth is that you could have potentially more than one gift. God can give you more than one gift. But at very least, God has given every single believer at least one spiritual gift. Now, it should also be noticed with some of these gifts, such as evangelism, for instance, that we are all called to give away the gospel, right? We're all called to take it, to be evangelists, to give away the gospel to others so they come to faith in Jesus Christ. So just because you're like, I don't really have that gifting doesn't mean you can take a back seat and not do that, right? We all have that responsibility, but there may be someone who has that gifting who it just comes a little bit more naturally, it seems, or they're more comfortable, or they're just better able to pull out scripture and to give that away. The same may be true for other things like the gift of teaching. You may not have the gift of teaching, in which case you probably don't want to teach the kids in Camp Redstone in the back. It would just be miserable for you and for them. Maybe you have the gift of helps and service, and so you can use that for the body of Christ to help serve the church. There's lots of different gifts. There's lots of different ways that God uses us, but each and every single part of it is important for his body. And the key is found in verse 16 where it says, when each part, that's you and me, are, we are all needed, is working properly, meaning the right people in the right places, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let me read that again. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, isn't that amazing? The fact that the God of this world, the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ is head of this church, for whatever reason, decided to give you and me spiritual gifts to be used for the building up of his church in love. Isn't that crazy that he invites us to be a part of that? That we all have a spiritual gift to give, to be built in unity, to be built up in maturity, to be built up in love. I think that's just crazy. So there's a distinction that I want to make that's going on in this passage. I want us to understand, well, what is the goal and kind of where is the church headed within this? So let me read just a section of it to you again, starting in verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, meaning Jesus, to mature manhood, meaning mature in Christ's fellowship, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, 
so we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. That's pretty amazing. So what is our goal? What's the goal of using our spiritual gifts? To what extent do we use those gifts? And Well, we use it until each of us have reached the spiritual maturity to the point that we are like Jesus Christ. And when will we all be like Jesus Christ? In glory, right? So what does that mean for us in our spiritual gifts? Well, it means whatever your spiritual gift is, use it for the body of Christ until we all reach heaven, right? So if it's teaching, you need to teach the word of God until the church goes to heaven. If it's service, you need to serve until Jesus comes back for you. If it's evangelism or faith or giving, you need to continue to do those things until Jesus calls you home or calls the church home. Why? Why would we do this? Because the goal is that every believer, you, me, and those outside of this, God's corporate church, until every believer reaches the maturity of their faith to the point that they are growing up in every way into Jesus Christ. So that's what's going on in this passage, and this is what he's calling us to, to figure out those spiritual gifts and then to use them until everybody here and everybody in, in God's corporate church reaches the maturity of Jesus Christ. Now here's the good news that's with that. The good news is that Jesus is going to make sure that this happens, right? So you don't have to sit there and think, well, gee, my goodness, I don't, I don't even know what my gift is, let alone how to use it. I think we're in a little bit of trouble here, right? Well, the good news is that Jesus is going to make sure this happens. And you can see this all throughout this chapter. We're just kind of hitting the highlights and going quick. But if you look even at the beginning in verse 1, we've all been called by God. Verses 4 through 6, you have the ones that Mike read. Unity that's given by the Spirit. There is one God and Father of all. And there is Jesus Christ. And we are given grace. We are given gifts by the measure of Christ's gifts. And then verse 11, it is He, Jesus who gives apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And verse 15, Christ is the head of the body. Have you ever thought about the fact you can't do a whole lot without your head, right? You know that? You can't walk anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't just take it off like Olaf does in Frozen. I've got little girls, so we watch a lot of Frozen. You can't take it off and do anything, right? The body is important for everything. I mean, the head is important for everything. The head tells each and every part of the body what it is it's supposed to do and when it's supposed to do it right? So without Jesus Christ, none of this is working. None of it's happening. Christ is the head. You can't do anything without him. So the good news is that you and I, we can be confident that it is Jesus that's giving the spiritual gifts to each of us. It is Jesus that's giving pastors and shepherds to be able to lead and equip the church. And it is Jesus giving each of us those gifts in order to build up his church, and he will continue to build up his church, right? He will continue to build each of us up until we attain unity in the faith, unity and maturity in Christ, until we all become like Jesus, which happens in glory, which is amazing. So we could be confident in him. So there's lots of gifts. There's lots of things that are needed on Sunday mornings, right? If we bring it back to us and Sunday mornings and what it looks like here, there are lots of different things that happen on a Sunday morning. And you maybe you think about it, and maybe you don't think about it, but there's lots going on, right? So you got the kids' ministry in the back. We need people to serve in there. We're actually, um, Rachel's working to get another class going. We're going to need several more teachers because we continue to grow, right? There ends up being more kids than what we're ready for even, which is good news, but we, we need people. 
We need people in worship, right? If you have the ability to sing or to play instruments, we need you. We want you. We need people to help set up the church on a Sunday morning. Levi showed up and brought his friend. He's like, hey, we're going to church. Oh, by the way, when we get here, you're going to help serve and, and put up the church. So welcome, Maurice, to Redstone Church. Glad you served today. Um, but we need people to serve, right? We need people to welcome people in to, Lord willing, when we have coffee again, make coffee for us. Won't that be a glorious day when we have coffee again here? We need so much. We need people to be community group leaders and host homes. There's lots of physical needs within the church, things that have to take place on a weekly basis. But we can't stop there, right? As Jerry mentioned last week, it can't be just what happens within these four walls. It includes what happens outside of these walls. So go back and listen to his message if you missed it. As he mentioned last week, some of you, your spiritual giftings may not necessarily be what is used on a Sunday morning, right? It may be used something that's more outside of these walls. And if that's so, then A, we should rejoice in that with you and support you without making you feel guilty that you're not showing up at 7.30 in the morning to set up chairs and pulling your weight on a Sunday morning. And B, you should be settled and at peace with that as well. So that Sundays are more of a place for you to recharge, regroup, and go back out to serve God's body outside of these, these walls. Let me pull in um, a passage the jury had from 1 Corinthians 12. You can just write this down if you want to look at it later. It's certainly good to go back and read and, and look at this. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and following, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So the bottom line is there is one body that is Christ's body. There are many parts, and we all have a part to play right in that. But God has designed it, Christ is leading it, and he will make sure that it is doing what it is accomplished to do. So bottom line is, go back to our last verse today from Ephesians 4 passage. When each part, you and me, is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So what does that mean? Thank you, Jerry. We need you, right? Uncle Sam, I'm Sam. It works out perfectly. So the truth is that we need you. We need every single person who is a member of the body of Christ, a Christ follower, to serve. We need you to discover and use your spiritual gifts and use that within the church itself and outside of these walls as well. So here's the main point if you've heard nothing else. If you, when you discover your spiritual gifts and you use them both inside and outside of Sunday mornings, number one, you will be satisfied. Number two, others will be edified. Number three, God will be glorified. And number four, the church of Jesus Christ and his eternal kingdom will grow. And we each get to be a part of that. Isn't that amazing? That we get to be a part of that. I mean, God didn't have to do it that way. He could have just done all the work, but for whatever reason, he invites his children, you and me, sons and daughters, to be a part of what he's doing. And that's amazing. If that doesn't get you excited, I mean, you may not hear my voice because I've got allergies and stuff, but it is an amazing thing that we get to be a part of that. 
And we've been gifted, right? Not only do we have the gospel, not only are we saved from sin and death, not only are we given Christ's righteousness and spend eternity with him, but he also gifted us a spiritual gift. And it's not just for ourselves, right? It's not just so we can sit back and relax or have it in our back pocket whenever we feel comfortable using it. It's so that it can be used to build up his body in love. And that's an amazing thing that we get to be a part of. So the question is, do you know what your spiritual gift is or what they are if you have more than one? If so, great, use them. And we'll help you use them. Have others affirm those gifts within you. Or if you have no idea at all, that's okay. Just keep coming, right? We'll, we'll help you with those. We'll plug you in different ways that you can serve and you can see if something comes out of that or not. Um, also, I think this is why discipleship is absolutely essential in the life of every believer, right? Amongst other things, discipleship can help you to understand how Jesus Christ has spiritually gifted you and how to use that for the building up of Christ's body. So find a place to plug in, find a place to serve. We will help you to discover your spiritual gifts and how to use those as well. Or even if it's not on a Sunday morning, just like Jerry talked about last week, we'll help you to find ways to go out within the community or to serve Christ's global body in that way. But rest assured, we as Jesus followers, we've each received a gift from King Jesus. And just as Jesus came not to serve, but to, to serve, right? As he came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many, we too, as Christ followers, should step into that and follow him and serve others. We absolutely must do that as well. So I promise today will be a little bit shorter. It is a little bit shorter. So let me pray. We'll see if there's a few takeaways while we're doing that. The band can come up and we'll continue on in worship. But let's, let's pray and kind of let that ruminate. We went over that a little bit quickly, but that's okay. So let's pray together. King Jesus, we, we recognize and proclaim that you are the head of your church, the head of your body. And we recognize that it is you that is leading your church. It is you that is gifted us through the Spirit with spiritual gifts. You have gifted us with people to equip the church. You have gifted each of us with gifts to build up your church in love. And so we just ask that you will help each of us to begin to pray and to understand and to ponder what our gifts are. That you help us to understand how to serve your body both within these walls and outside of these walls. Help us to maintain unity of faith. Help us to continue to grow in maturity in Christ and Christ-likeness. Help us to continue to be built up in love. And we're confident that you are doing these things and that you will never stop doing these things until we all reach glory with you together. So just help us to be confident and to seek you and to love you and to do all this for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.